Hello, you're about to hear Good Morning Seminole, our monthly signature event. Please enjoy. Let me just introduce each of them with the name and title so you know. I mean, they've got it written up here, but for those of you guys in the back, first of all, Karen Alpin, Applin, sorry, reverse that real quick with uh, Seminole County Tourism. We have Kelly Rogers with Find Some and Winmore, who is also our incoming chair here at the Seminole County Chamber. We have Misty Goff, who is with Visit Orlando. And finally, Denise Merritt, who is with Merritt Business Solutions and the Pride Chamber. So she is the chair of the Pride Chamber. So we have chambers very well represented here today. All right, let me go ahead. This is my questions are on my phone. So I'm not like checking messages while I'm up here talking to everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start off a very basic overview of segmenting marketing and why is it important to segment your marketing plans with different messages for different audiences. Karen, you're in the hot seat right here, so I'll start with you. Hello. Uh, and just one thing, make sure you talk really close to the microphone so people can uh, make sure you hear you pick it up over here. And I'm really loud. You can see how close I've got it to my mic. How is this? Perfect. Okay, cool. So um, just like at the core, segment marketing is, uh, for example, your target audience is right here. So that's the base. Um, and with that target audience or target market, you're going to have segments that kind of unfold underneath it. And those segments are based off of um, breaking down that target market into categories of similarities. Um, within that. So you're, you're, you're finding core pieces of what's important, identifying where there's, um, like, like I said, similarities or um, relationships between. I have an example, which is usually better. Um, so, if, unless I don't have time, because okay. I know we're supposed to be like relatively quick. But, um, and also, I want to point out, I love that we all dressed like pretty much the same in black and white and also brought all of our notes because we're used to having like, you know, um, Denise, do you want my jacket so you can match? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Oh, and the pants on brand. Um, so, for example, we have sports. Um, our broad target market are sports teams playing um, in tournaments and want to experience nearby um, leisure activities. So under that target market or target audience, we have a segment that wants outdoor experiences on the water. Um, we have another part of that segment that wants a local restaurant that can accommodate large groups. And we also have a segment that wants to attend local events. So that would be like breaking that down into, into sections. Christine, can you add on to that? Yeah, really for us it's about connecting authentically to those audiences. So by segment mar marketing, you can put creative that allows them to see themselves either at your business or in the destination, and then that helps them connect and want to be here. Steve, you can bring your mic just a little bit closer. Closer? Okay. Right there, go. Kelly, go ahead. Yeah. So it may sound basic, but segmenting your marketing plans with different messages ensures that you are meeting and talking with the correct audience. So, for example, I, if I don't mind, if you don't mind, I'll just give an example. Absolutely. A roofing company is going to want to send very specific and distinct messages to their prospects, to current clients, to employees, and to external partners. So, ensuring that these messages are different 
required kind of different nuances in terms of the marketing. So segmenting is very important. You need to know your audience and know who you're targeting and tweak and nuance the messages accordingly. And Denise? I want to uh, start by saying I have no marketing background at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my example here was really simple and maybe funny or, or to some degree. You wouldn't market to a man feminine products. So, right? so it's that basic. You want to make sure you're targeting and marketing to the correct segment of things that are important to them. So I know Karen and I, you actually jumped to the next question when I gave you, when I asked for an example, so that's good. You advance, okay. advance, so Misty, let's give an example of one of the ways that you segment as well. And that was really good. You heard about the sports and the different types of people because all, no two sports teams are exactly the same. Misty? Yeah, for us, we segment about 10 different personas. That can start very broadly with just families and adults with no kids, believe it or not. More than 60% of our visitation is adults with no kids. Uh, so that's an important segment as well. Um, and then we break that down into interest groups and affinities. So that could be foodies. We're a big foodie city. That theme park enthusiast obviously is important for us. Um, outdoor adventurers or nature lovers is big for Orlando. And then on a multicultural level, we then segment into five different, which is African-American, US Hispanic, LGBTQ, AAPI, which is Asian Pacific Islander, and then accessibility audiences. And we talk about segmenting to at the beginning of this conversation because in reality, we're, when we talk about marketing towards the LGBTQ plus community, it's a segment just like another, any other type of segment on that. But let's, um, let's, let's start, Denise, I'm gonna start over with you as well. Um, can you provide some uh, statistics on why this is an important segment to target, the LGBTQ plus community? Sure, I, I brought several. I was hoping I was gonna go last so I could pick one, the one that I thought was most important. <laughs> well, but, you may just go but, all by yourself, so go ahead. But I'll, I'll give this one. Uh, household income is approximately double the national average, nearly 130,000 for gay couples with 91% of adults aged 22 plus employed full-time and 93% having attended some college. Wow. Anybody else got any other? Kelly, you've got a, looks like you've got a couple of stuff. Yeah, I have, as well. I have one. Um, well, there was a lot, but I have one that really stood out to me. Um, the last census report I could find in August of 2021 what said that Orlando was home to the most gay and lesbian coupled household in the entire state. So higher than Miami, higher than Jacksonville, higher than Tampa. And I can complement that with visitation. So from our research department, we know that 6% of our total domestic visitation is the LGBTQ community. And that, that equates to about 4 million visitors a year. So it is a significant segment. I definitely want to touch on that. I just got back from the, the flock conference, um, which is the first uh, LGBTQ plus destination, Florida destination um, conference for DMOs and CVBs. And um, I thought there was a bunch of great statistics that they shared, including the expected growth in population. So currently, um, growth is, or currently the buying power is a lot in the like millennial hands. And we see there's 11% of millennials that identify as LGBTQ plus. And so that's the ages between 25 and 41. And uh, Gen Z, there's actually 21% who identify. So just being you know ready to take on that group with buying power um, and directing you know all your sales and marketing towards 
them is important just to look towards in the future. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. There's some companies that might feel or worry based on some, you know, some past experiences uh, that when they embrace or they market towards the LGBTQ community that they may get attacked. Um, the question is, you know, how, how do you recommend dealing with the politics of this issue at your business and moving forward in this, this sort of realm? Oh, I think you're calling somebody. Let's start out with, I haven't started out with Missy. She's looking at me. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> but nice. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a challenging year. We've obviously take it from both sides. So um, when we try to market to the community, but really for us, it's about being who we are and leaning into who we are, which the nice thing about Orlando is it's pretty easy because by nature we're inclusive. It's core to our culture. So we really just tell that story. At Visit Orlando, our mission is be, to be the most visited, welcoming, and inclusive destination. And so we just tell those stories about Orlando to let people know what that really means, that it's organic here, it's welcome, safe, and inclusive. It's not somewhere that they're gonna feel uncomfortable. So it's really just leaning into who we are, and thankfully in Orlando, it's pretty easy. Denise? Okay, I, I, I said to myself, I'm gonna speak from the heart today, so uh, just get ready. Uh, I, I do have a statistic, um, and this is not one that is not uh, Gonna, it's not necessarily great for visit Orlando, but according to the Florida uh, Attorney General, hate crimes based on sexual orientation currently account for 22% of all hate crimes. Category, um, sur surpassing religion as the second highest category. When taking into account the size of the targeted community, the LGBT Floridians are the highest risk of being targeted with a hate crime, okay? So I can share some personal stories. I won't do it because I only have a minute. But if you want to talk to me I later, think we'll I can give you share. Two. I, okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Um, Twenty years ago, uh, actually in a in a in Seminole County, um, I was on a, one of my first dates, uh, and we had parked, and we were doing what you do on dates, and six police cars surrounded me. They detained us for three hours, they searched us, they searched our vehicle, and then when they couldn't find anything to take us to jail, they said, we want you to leave and to never come back. And they escorted me with six police cars out of the city, okay? That was 20 years, around 20 years ago. A few months ago, I'm walking my dog in Maitland, and a car goes by and yells faggot at me. So there is hate and bad things going on. All right, now the good side. <laughs> so I just want to be honest. If you choose to be an ally of the LGBT community, if you choose to stand up and help us fight the bad stuff that's going on, there is a risk. There's a risk to you. I want to be honest about that. But it's worth it, right? It's worth it to do the right thing. I'm the chair of the Pride Chamber because I believe in this mission of equality, and we're only going to get equality through economics, right? That means we help each other be wildly successful, right? And we help our allies to be wildly successful, and we help each other to be wildly successful because money, unfortunately, is what's going to talk and make people listen to make a change. So Orlando, she's very correct, Orlando is the most welcoming LGBT city in Florida, 
absolutely 100%. Uh, but it's still, we're not, recent things have changed and we have to stand up, support one another, and do what's right. Thanks. Thank you. Um, well, everybody's, nobody's looking at me, I don't think. Um, all right, <laughs> Karen, why don't you talk about Seminole, talk about uh, this, this sort of how do, you, how do you combat against some of the negativity and the hate that's out there on this? Well, from a marketing standpoint, I feel like it's important to start internally and train your team on how to respond effectively and not emotionally. So having that as like a standard, um, educating yourself and being aware of, you know, how you're showcasing your brand. For example, we showcase that Seminole County is welcoming to all. Obviously, there are experiences that people have that are, are not welcoming which is unfortunate and I feel like there's potential to take that and turn it around and tell a different story. Um, but, um, and that's upsetting, but, um, but uh, yeah, just being like educated and aware and delivering that message and staying true to like what you've, what the standard you've set. Let's get into some more uplifting stuff. <laughs> Let's talk, uh, Misty, I wanna talk because one of the things that Visit Orlando did uh, very early, uh, earlier on this year, I think we were at a, at a, there was a big chamber event that you guys put on and you talked about a significant LGBTQ marketing initiative in the Midwest and other places. Can you talk about what you guys did, the results of that, kind of how, how it's going on that? Yeah, we've actually had a multicultural campaign running for about three years now. So it wasn't new this year. It wasn't something we threw together to combat it. It's something we already were doing, which is why we say we just lean into who we are. Um, but that multicultural campaign, what we call Orlando for All, and as, as I mentioned, there's five different segments in that. But for the LGBTQ segment, that is dedicated budget set aside that allows us to partner with national LGBTQ publishers, like a Passport Magazine, like an Edge Media Network. They help us create custom content to tell those stories, custom articles, social and digital, that allow us to talk about our LGBTQ business owners, small business owners, uh, our local chefs. Our L we have a really thriving local chef, LGBTQ local chef community. So telling those stories, again, about the people and the places and the experiences here versus just giving lip service. It's putting it where it is. Um, we also um, entered into, we partnered with iHeartMedia and created an Orlando float in the Pride Parades. So we were in Chicago last year, we were in Chicago and Dallas this year, and we'll be at the Come Out With Pride Parade here in Orlando in a couple of weeks in partnership with iHeart. So that'll include Johnny's house, Johnny and Ray from um, 106.7 is gonna be on the float with us. And we have a huge delegation walking with us. So we're excited about that as well. Um, and then we just tell those stories. So part of that custom content, we just completed a video that we did with Passport Magazine, brought in a lesbian influencer family, showcased their experience in the destination with their two kids, and they just talked about organically how welcome and safe they felt as an LGBTQ family. So again, just leaning into those stories. Karen, talk a little bit about what Seminole County Tourism is doing in this market. Yeah, so again, um, we define, because we are, associated with the county government as opposed to being a, se a separate private entity. Um, we focus on, that. we're focused at committing to showcasing a welcoming space um, that is welcome to all. Um, I'm gonna read off my notes because right now I'm having brain farts. I have not had any coffee today, which is either a mistake or a blessing. We'll find out. Um, 
so we're committed to showcasing experiences that are welcome to all. This includes um, all inclusive uh, for the L this is all inclusive for the LGBT LGBTQ community. Um, we invest in ways like partnering with Outcoast. Um, they are um, LGBTQ Florida focused, and we hosted them um, at a, our th for three days at a variety of our hotels, uh, our, at a hotel and a variety of our attractions um, who were interested in being a part of um, this experience for them, which was already exciting for me because coming into my position, I saw that we didn't have any content that was focused in on bringing more of the community in. And so I come in and I'm like, all right, I want to see I want to see I want to see all the gays here. I want to see all the all the colors, all the people represented. And um, so that was probably a little bit alarming for, you know, bringing the tourism in-house and marketing in-house, but it went really well. I because it was like our first um, this was like when I started like four three or four years ago um, or three years ago and um, we had great feedback because it was our first one I followed them uh, for the entire experience to capture you know imagery and also just to like make sure they were safe because I was concerned for how the uh, how anyone would, would treat them so I wanted to be like the bulldog in the room to make sure they were protected. Um, while having a good time, so staying out of the way so they could have an authentic experience too. But um, so we host um, and have worked with LGBTQ plus influencers. Um, we've partnered with uh, LGBTQ businesses and um, we work with Topgolf who hosts um, Pulse related events. And um, prior to that, I worked with Come Out With Pride and uh, with their board and you know, the L that community has always been a safe space for me too as an ally, so. So let's, um, let's start talking a little bit more about tactics and things that we might be able to, to use in marketing as well. We'll, we'll, well. Let's talk about Pride Month. Um, because, you know, oftentimes Pride Month is, you see a lot of companies have activations just for those months that may disappear the next year. Kelly, why don't you talk, why don't you start us off on this discussion? Should there be special activations during Pride Month or should it just all be the same? So I really feel it is about, you have to understand your brand and know who you support. So there are uh, many organizations, I'm not gonna say many, but a number of them who only support Pride and quote unquote rainbow wash for the month of June. And maybe for the 11 other months of the year, they're radio silent. I think it's really understanding who you are as a business and what you represent. That should be a guide for you and really to remember that this is not even as Denise mentioned today, this is not a one-month thing. We need to think about this as year-round. Denise? Yeah, I, I like to share stories. So um, I met at the, our Pride Chamber uh, Business Connect last night. I met a, a high-level management person of entertainment arts. That's the EA, uh, Madden football, all of that, and Maitland. Um, she and her wife recently moved here um, because they went to Winter Park doing winter, during, they happened to be visiting Florida during uh, Winter Park um, Pride's project where they put out all the Pride flags. And they're like, look how welcoming this city is, look how wonderful this is to be. And that made them feel confident enough to actually move 
to Central Florida and to be a part of this community. So it matters, you know, people say, what does it really matter? It matters that you can see uh, something that demonstrates you're an ally, that you care, that you support our community, um, and it'll make a difference. So this is not on the sheet, <laughs> so going off script right now. Uh, so what we wanna talk about why is it important, first of all, Denise, why is Pride Month important all together? Because one of the things we do, you do here, you know, when, when proclamations are made or things like that, why are we doing a special month? Can you talk a little bit about the importance of the recognition of that? You know, it's, it's kind of like, why do you celebrate a child's birthday, right? Why? Aren't they special every day of the year? You know, what makes, it, what makes that day special for them, right? So, it, that's maybe not the best example, but there, you know, I, I'm a big believer we should be celebrating Pride all year long, right? That's why my emphasis and my um, charity work or volunteer work is with the Pride Chamber, the business organization that is supporting businesses all year long, right? The Pride, come out with Pride is a great event. Don't, I'm not being negative to that, but I'm about, it should be all year long, right? But the month is important um, because there is discrimination. Um, again, I go back to the statistic I gave a minute ago. Uh, it's more important now because it's a way for the community to come together and say, yes, we support you, we believe in you, and it's, it's okay, right? Uh, um, and I don't know, there, I'm sure other people here actually might be able to answer that question even better than I. Anybody else? Yeah, I would just say, I mean, obviously Pride Month is important, as you said, to show support, to celebrate with the community, to connect with the community. But if you really want to build a relationship, that has to be ongoing. So it can't just be one month. But I don't think saying, oh, I'm not going to celebrate that month because I want to show it all year long. You still celebrate with, right? That's, but you build the relationship. Karen? That community is smart. They're going to recognize if you're just uh, celebrating during Pride Month and trying to capitalize on that. So. Yeah, during, you know, for businesses, I suggest during that time, instead of targeting that community, I would say participate in events. Have your, have your uh, brand be in the, the Come Out With Pride Parade. Um, show ways in which you're financially supporting LGBTQ businesses um, or, you know, connecting with them on their platforms uh, or on forums that are associated with LGBTQ businesses, you know, again, throughout the year, you should be doing that. And then during the, their month, you should be participating and supporting them in other ways. So one of the things, and any other topic, any other thoughts on that? And if not, we'll move on to the next one. So uh, one of the things that we want, you know, that we talk about, and Kelly, I'm gonna turn to you first, um, you know, leading marketing agency in, in Central Florida. The imagery, the, the looks and feels of this, how do you avoid stereotypes and in, your, in your marketing? Because that's one of the things, a common mistake of businesses, not just with LGBTQ, but with all segments, they, they often tend to go to stereotypes. How do you avoid stereotypes? What sort of imagery do you use? What sort of look do you do in, in your marketing to, to, to be inclusive on this? Great question, Alan. So, I think we've heard authenticity today a lot, and I'm going to echo that. 
Um, I think it is really, in terms of marketing and imagery and the creative side, it is about being inclusive, being authentic. As an, organi an organization may target, specifically target an LGBT community if they are working with them solely, meaning that they are, for example, a nonprofit who works with them. So all of their brand messaging might be directed towards them, their activation, their creative, any imagery would be solely focused on that. Whereas if you look at a local hospital system, they want to be as inclusive as possible. They want to appeal to a diverse, wide range of audiences. A majority of businesses will want to do that. So when developing a marketing strategy, the focus should be to make campaigns relatable. So everyone in this room, and we all know this, customers are savvy. You all are savvy. We know what brands we like. We have an alliance with them. We feel comfortable with them. We go back to them. So when we're looking at a marketing campaign or when you see a billboard on I-4, you want to have a positive connection with it. You want the audience to, you want a broad audience to. So for example, if it's a healthcare billboard, when you want someone to feel positive when looking at that. So when they, their family needs healthcare, when they need healthcare, they will think of that organization. Same thing goes with a law firm. You want to be rightfully represented. You want to feel secure in who you're choosing as your, you know, your lawyer. So the marketing efforts need to showcase that. They need, people need to feel connected to what they see. That's why I say that you need to be authentic. You need to be inclusive. So just remembering all those things, I think, when you're thinking about who you're targeting. I think we've talked about even segmenting today, too. But for a majority of us, we're looking at you know, a very diverse clientele, and we want to establish brand awareness, and really creating and inspiring the consumer is really the ultimate and primary goal. Misty, Karen, can you add on to that, kind of some of the tactics, some of the imagery that you guys use in your marketing? Let's start out with Karen real quick, and then we'll go to Misty. Um, so, imagery, I, I remember at the conference, uh, they mentioned, this, um, how you're gonna usually see like when it's relative to, to gay men, they look this like very similar. They're the similar age, and it's a tired way of connecting, trying to connect with you know that community. So I would say again, education. Get someone who's familiar in the area. Get someone who knows how to create that space to represent the specific people you may not know you need to represent and or like the demographics um, and work with professionals who can who can help guide you in that area um, we use a, a lot of the marketing we use is based off of the influencers we, we've worked with so it's um, authentic to um, their uh, brand and also to their audience and to ours as well um, that connectivity is important to us because we only work with influencers or creators who um, we can represent their goals as well as ours um, simultaneously. So um, I would just say working with people who know what they're talking about is very important and that's what, that's what we do. Misty? Yeah, I would say don't fake it. So, you know, go back eight years, 10 years, you know, when you were just starting to dabble into it, you would hire talent and they necessarily wouldn't be a gay couple. 
and it would be, you know, they'd be faking it. And you could pull it off, but that's where it looks contrived. So, um, you know, we now, when we hire talent, they're they're married couple, you know, they're a real couple and it comes across on camera much more authentic. And then, as you said, influencers, thankfully in today's world, you can get a lot of real content by utilizing content creators or influencers or user-generated content. And there's different platforms that you can get that content to show actual people having actual experiences and it's truly authentic. Um, I was just gonna mention that I know the influencer world may seem scary when you're first diving into it. Uh, there is a difference between a content creator and an influencer. An influencer, you'd be more about the reach and what their big following is and how they can expand or amplify that message. Where a content creator can create content for you if you don't have it. And so they may not have as big of a following, but they're authentic in nature to what segment you're trying to talk to. And they can create content for you that you can put on your channels. And that's as easy as look on social, find those ones that you like and just reach out to them. You'll find out real quick if you can afford them or not, but uh, you can just reach out through the channel, so. Fantastic. Uh, do we have any questions from the audience? Yes, Sue. Well. I'll repeat the question for you. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I just had a question. Um, given the statistics and given what's happened recently with major brands when they, you know, are almost canceled completely because they try to be an ally, what do you say to a small business where it's really tough today to be a small business that to reach out to the 11% to be an ally and risk losing the 89% of the rest of the customers? Like, how do you navigate that as an ally to the community when you're talking about your marketing? I will say that it's guaranteed that they won't lose 89%. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, and I say that just because there, there are an awful lot of folks that, that won't put up with that crap that, that they do. So, Denise? And don't yeah. need to be critical. Yeah, yeah it, you know, it, to me it's, you know, I'm, my business, Merit Business Solutions, is part of the Seminole County Chamber, right? We have Salil Sheldon here as my representative. We're part of East Orlando Chamber. Mandy Waters is my representative there. And then I handle the Pride Chamber, uh, you know, as far as my team, right? What do I want? Um, how do I market? How do I market to straight people, right? <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. Be, you, know, you choose to decide who you're going to market to. Who do you want as your customers? I, I'm at the point in my life, if, if I get a customer who's on who is uh, rude to my uh, employees, who doesn't, you know, does not treat people right or fair, I'm not going to do business with that customer, right? Because I don't, I don't need to, I don't have to. So you as a business owner have to decide who do you want to, who, who do you want to play in the sandbox with, right? Um, we like to work with people we like, right? We like to work with people who support us and our beliefs, right? We want to work with people who, uh, you know, in the Seminole County Chamber, we're trying to prove we're a trusted and uh, viable company that's going to give you good service and deliver quality to you to help your business. It's the same thing. And it, and it you know, and I'm going to do that for who comes in my door, as long as they treat us with respect. And it's, it's kind of the same thing. You don't have to, you know, like he said, there's, it's gonna be a small amount of people who are gonna 
not do business with you if you are trying to do business with the LGBT community. And there may be more that support you because you decide to do business with the LGBT community. Any other questions? Because I got one last question. Karen, go ahead. I don't have a question. I just have a comment. Uh -oh. um, I really appreciate. <laughs> no, well, you know how I am. I really appreciate discussion. Um, I struggle with labels terribly. All right. And I think it is the fact that if we just go back to my own personal motto is one person can make a difference, be the one. I don't care about any of that. Basically, we are taught to be kind and to love and to do business and to treat people with respect. That is what this whole world is missing right now. So whatever that takes, and I'm just going to make a quick, quick, quick comment. All right. For 45 years, I wore my hair short, punk, spiked. I looked better with short hair. My dad called me pixie. I was born in the 50s, so I always had the short hair. I can't tell you, okay, I'm little, not overly developed, sorry about all that, but I can't tell you <laughs> the number of times that people thought that I was gay. I'm as straight as can be. So it goes back to don't judge a book by the cover. Be good, treat people with respect. Thank you for being here. So one of the things, again, what we're talking about necessarily isn't putting labels on people, it's helping with your marketing and, see, and segmenting into different markets and trying to build those alliances with all types of different segments and markets. So let's, let's wrap up with one last quick question, probably 15, 20 seconds each. We've got a lot of people here who are small businesses. What are one thing they could do you know, obviously they don't have the budgets of, of, of a lot of the folks up on the table. What could the one thing they could do, low cost, to appeal to this market? Denise, I'm gonna go start with you, just rapid fire down here so we can go yeah, ahead and wrap this so, up. Yeah, um, so I'm the chair of the local Pride Chamber. You're, it, uh, you can come and visit the chamber, get to know people. We have our upcoming Pride and Business Awards and Gala. If you wanna, uh, you know, you don't have to be a member of the chamber to participate in that. Uh, so feel free to check that out. But support LGBT community, whether it's our nonprofits like Come Out With Pride, uh, or uh, the Chamber, or you know the Zebra Coalition that helps teen youth. Whatever is you're passionate about in that, get involved and get to know the LGBT community. Because you know, it's the same thing. We got to know you. You got to know us. And then if it works, we'll work together and support each other. Right, Kelly. Yeah, I agree with Denise about getting involved, but I also want to mention that there are essentially three types of media. So owned, meaning what you own. So that could be your website, social media, earned, PR, and then also you know working on the paid side of things with ads. Owned media is the lowest hanging fruit for a small business. It is a great way to get in front of your audience if you do it the right way. So I highly recommend getting organized with that, creating, uh, you know, understanding who you are as a company and then utilizing those platforms. You have full control over your message and you're, this is a great opportunity for a business to do that and very inexpensive too. Misty? Yeah, I would uh, echo what you were saying to tie into local LGBTQ events, host them, you know, host them at your businesses and that allows you, instead of standing on the mountaintop and trying to scream to everybody, that's the value of segment marketing, Talk to the community you want to talk to and be who you are and mix it in naturally instead of trying to be one thing or another. Karen? Yeah. Uh, 
I think I mentioned this before, but definitely getting involved and connecting to influencers who have um, a vision that is like-minded as you, who who have access to a wide variety of um, a wide audience that can share the message you're trying to portray. I think that's really important. LGBTQ audiences um, or influencers who have uh, LGBTQ audience focus, that's just such a valuable platform. It's depending on, you can get a micro-influencer, there's different levels of influencer um, campaigns you can get involved in, but definitely connecting with others who already have that community built and who align with your brand is really important and it just establishes more friendships too, so. Yeah, I thought of one more thing, uh, Alan. So the Human Rights Campaign came up with a, a quality index for businesses. Uh, and what they look at is, and this kind of goes off of what Kelly was saying, what's in your personal employee files, right? What's your employee handbook say? Or you know, do you have uh, benefits for the LGBTQ? You know, um, before marriage was legal, you know, did you honor same-sex marriage or, or you know, couples and offer them benefits? So there's a whole scale of things you can do to show that you are uh, trying to be a business that is uh, you know, showing equality to the LGBT community. And that's out on the, again, the um, HRC Human Rights Campaign. Uh, you can check out their website to what do they look at, how to score your business, and just see where do you fall as an inclusive business. And, and you'll get some ideas of what you can do as a small business to become you better. Because you better believe those uh, 90, what was it, 3% of college graduated LGBTQ professionals making you know, the, the top money uh, out there is going to be checking the details of your business to see before they make a decision to move. I do that in my business. I look at who is my vendor going to be, do they support, and do they have those things in place? And if they don't, I choose not to work with them. We got a whole nother discussion coming up on workplace uh, and attraction and all that other good stuff. Let's give these folks a nice round of applause. And we'll bring up Rebecca to close this up. asking questions that you may not want to hear, you know, say in front of the whole audience, but it's okay to not know something, uh, but it's not okay to not learn. So I think that's part of the whole discussion as well. If you're not Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Seminole County Chamber, please visit SeminoleBusiness.org or check us out on our social media at Seminole County Chamber.